What's up, people? Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And joining me on the podcast tonight, no, it is not Jake Rip. He is out this week getting well-rested before the season kicks off. We got Dallas Hyder from the DWZ Network and the Rookie Rundown. What up, Dallas? Hey, uh, I can be Jake for the night. It's all right. I don't have a cool <laughs> little soundboard, but I will uh, probably have some better takes. So it's well, right. there you go. Shots fired already. We're 57 seconds in, and we're already taking shots at Jake. He can't defend himself, but... Uh, Dallas, good to have you back. You've been on the show before, but for the people that may not be familiar with you, why don't you just uh, give a little bit about your background, what you've been up to, and and uh, content you're looking uh, that you've been already producing, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, at, like you said, my name's Dallas. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas spelled backwards, Galore. Um, yeah, I'm just the rookie guy for the DWZ Network here, guys. For anyone that uh, still doesn't know, um, welcome, I guess, because. I'm on a lot of things, but uh, yeah, no, I produce a lot of rookie content Um, over the summer. I did a lot of Oklahoma drills, comparing prospect profiles of similar players. I've transitioned into the 2021 season specific content. Now Um, I've been putting out my training camp analysis, uh, both in our Patreon group chat, as well as in episodes in general. Um, For anyone listening now, my episode of the rookie rundown due to a Colorado trip will be releasing later on this week because. I'm not a crazy person that wanted to record at roughly 11.30 p.m. when I got home last night, but it's okay. I'm glad to be here with you all, and I'm excited to talk about a really fun position, even though there's some duds in the league. Yeah, you drew the short straw. We're wrapping up the positional previews today. We're talking tight ends. We're doing 32 and 32, but we'll see. We might not need a minute for – we might not even need 10 seconds for a lot of these teams, um, to be honest. But this will put a bow on all of our positional previews from this month if you missed any of them if you have drafts coming up go back check them all out uh we've been pretty you know they're pretty fast paced and uh, you can buzz through those pretty quick so uh, if you haven't had any drafts yet definitely go check those out and be sure to have, of course always subscribe wherever you're listening to this for uh the Warzone feed you're gonna have obviously the Warzone and the smackdown but the rookie rundown has been great i know i've benefited from it a lot uh you i mean hell dallas even throughout an idp episode like a week or two ago i was like I'm on it, right? And uh, Jabril Cox got some love. I was so, I was literally gonna say if you haven't picked up Jabril Cox by now, I swear, man. Oh, dude, he's he's almost unattainable now. I I did trade for him in in one league. I'm in two IDP leagues that are like super yeah. super super deep. And I did grab. I had uh uh man the the uh, the Denver linebacker you mentioned. I picked him up. He was out yeah. there in one league, and then uh and then I was I knew I didn't have Cox in any league. But I know the Dallas Cowboys situation, like Jabril Cox is going to be a starter in 2022. Smith has looked so bad in his reps in this preseason. He looks so slow. And I'm just like, oh, no, your knee. Don't be girly. (laughs) It's it's bad. I mean, and obviously this is like if you're not a Cowboys fan, you probably don't know. But I mean, it's that uh, Jalen gets all the pub. LVE was a first round pick. But I mean, those guys are running with the twos right now. and, And Jabril Cox, a rookie mid-round pick has been killing it and dallas told you about him weeks ago before they got hot and i i traded for him successfully in one tried in the other no dice that they yeah. by now they have a guy he got back to me like just over the weekend he's like no nah, i don't think i'm moving him like yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah I, w- I watched his snaps realized he's led the team in tackles two weeks in a row i'm probably not gonna do it yeah he's been he's been fired so that's the type of content you can look forward to on the rookie rundown i know i've really appreciated tuning in every week so you guys should definitely check it out as well, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking tight ends. We're going to dive into that in just a second. 
want to remind you guys, we've been doing these live stream Q&As over the last few weeks every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, We are going to be doing that again this week. Uh, Jake is out this week, and then I got roped into a fantasy football draft at the same time. (laughs) So Memphis is going to be leading the charge for us. I appreciate him uh, uh, taking over this Wednesday, but it's going to be at the same time, 9 p.m. Eastern time uh on uh on wednesday to to it won't be the final one we'll do one more even though it'll technically be in september but uh through the whole month of august we've been doing these so if you've been tuning in live appreciate it it's been a ton of fun and uh, i'm disappointed I'll, I'll, I'll have to miss this one but uh you guys have been awesome and i look forward to doing two shows a week through the entire season getting you guys set for waivers and start sits and all those so without any further ado let's dive into the tight end position here i'm going to pull up the the timer uh I would also like to say that I have lowered the timer volume, so hopefully you guys can benefit from that. I apologize for last week. I uh, might have damaged some hearing from what I've heard, but uh, my apologies. So we're just going to roll right into this, dedicating one minute to every team across the NFL. We're going to start in the AFC North. Here we go with the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews currently going at fifth amongst tight ends, uh, early fifth round. Dallas, what's, what's your thoughts on Andrews there? Because he's obviously behind the elite tier of tight ends uh, with that, those big three and then smack dab in the middle of the, what seems to be this next little cluster of three. So what's your thoughts on Andrews for 2021? Yeah. Uh, his story has been the same every year. He's an extreme touchdown dependent upside play. He's pretty much my definition in the tight end realm of what a TD dependent player looks like. Um, anyone who has rostered him the last two years specifically has realized you've had the boom games and the bus games. And that's pretty much all that you're going to get from Mark Andrews. Um, he is, in my opinion, one of the most overpriced players at the position that you would have to take in startups or um, pretty much trade for, for his overall production being one of the least consistent. So that's just my take. Yeah, I'm with you. And PPR, he's definitely sixth, like probably far and away sixth. But even this is half PPR ADP. I would definitely take Hawkinson and Pitts over him. And uh, like I said, he's going in the middle right now. So Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. mid, mid-round mid six, pretty rich. We'll move to Cincinnati. I don't know that we'll need the whole 60 seconds for this. If you're in a deeper league and you need to know, Tyler Croft is no longer in Cincinnati. You got CJ Uzama, who's flashed at times, but has never really put consistent production together. Dallas, is there anything that anyone <laughs> should be worrying about with uh, Uzama in Cincinnati or... No, not really. Uh, In my opinion, he's another touchdown upside guy Um, with the slot role all but locked up with Tyler Boyd, um, pretty much as an every down player. um, It's not a position I'm really looking for. There was some preseason slash offseason hype saying that he was going to get 50 or 60 catches this season, but I just don't see that happening with Drew Sample. Drew Sample filled in extremely well last year for Uzoma when he went down, and uh, there's just not a lot about either player that I'm liking in that committee. Yeah, I'm with you there. The wide receivers should be getting fed in that offense. All right, we'll move on. Uh, we'll jump to the Cleveland Browns. You have Austin Hooper, who just got the bag last year. You still have David Njoku in town, but even at Hooper right now, he's ranked 24th amongst ADP. He's pretty much going undrafted in most leagues. Uh, there's a lot of positive reports about him coming out of camp as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on Hooper? Is this a guy that we should be taking in the late rounds to fill our tight end spot? Uh, for me last year, I would have said yes, but after having him rostered in multiple leagues as my tight end, I'm going to most likely say no this year. Um, I know the injury happened guys, but when Njoku, Hooper and Bryant were all healthy, you didn't want any of the three. And I don't see that changing with the love for, um, 12 personnel that, um, Stefanski has. I just don't think it's feasible that anyone's going to be, you know, breaking out of this little cluster of three. 
Yeah, agreed. They've been eating into each other last year. I think that'll continue. Uh, the schedule to start the season is pretty nice. Two games at Kansas City. They're going to have to throw a ton. And then Houston at home uh, in week two. So maybe a streamer, but he's going outside the top 20 in ADP. He's outside the top 20 in my rankings as well. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Eric Ebron, the corpse, 27th in ADP, pretty much going undrafted. Uh, saw some touchdowns from him last year. But uh, the more interesting guy might be the tight end two right now in ADP, but he might be the tight end one. Dallas, this is your special day. I'll just kick it to you, man. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, I am high on Fryermuth, but not for this year, for next year. It's the same capacity that I came into the drafts for rookie drafts this year when it came to Hunter Long. Um, that was accentuated with how Mike Gusecki has looked. We'll get to that later, as well as just the position in general. Um, but for me, Ebron has been one of the most consistent touchdown scorers in the league. So if you're just going to wait on a guy, he's actually one of the guys that I like. Um, just late, he has Rappaport with Big Ben. Fryermuth is an excellent blocker and has looked actually pretty bad in most of the preseason action that I've seen him play in. Um, I'll be at limited snaps. So I'm actually higher on Ebron than Fryermuth for the 2021 season. Yeah, I'm with you on Ebron. I, I meant I called him a course, but I I like him above some of the other guys that are really, really dead. Like I, I would take him over Jared Cook personally, um, just because yeah. I think he has a little bit more tight end upside. So that's a guy that's pretty much going undrafted too. So, all right, uh, moving to the AFC South, we'll kick it off with the Houston Texans. Obviously, everything in this passing game is dependent on what the heck the quarterback situation turns into. Uh, and they really haven't had a tight end in forever. So Dallas, is there any name here that we should be worried about or are we just passing on on the Houston Texans tight end room? Yeah, um, until they tell me that Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback for sure and he suits up, I am most likely fading pretty much everyone other than Brandon Cooks on the team. I like Nico Collins long-term, obviously, at the wide receiver position. Um, but I actually like Brevin Jordan. Um, he was the only other tight end in my um, rankings episode for 2021 relevancy that I did in the rundown that I actually liked. Um just from a capacity of Jordan Aikens hasn't been able to win the outright starting position in Houston over the last three years since he's been there. He has the athletic tools, but he never has been able to basically break out against Jags. Um, Jordan is everything that they don't have, but he needs to get better with his hands. So There you, there you go. Deep league name. Dynasty owners obviously familiar with that. You can go ahead and stash Jordan, but nobody for 2021. We'll move on to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz was back at practice as of recording today, so that's good news. Um, but it's the tight end room, no new additions. It's still Mo Alley Cox, Jack Doyle. Um, these are the names that would be kicking around forever. Uh, this is a team that, uh, you know, re relies heavily on the run game. Um, so we've seen these guys flash at times, but for me, I don't have any of these guys. It's even near my top 24. So I'm pretty much passing on the whole group. Uh, Dallas, does anybody interest you or is just potential streamers midseason potentially? Yeah, it's most likely potential streamers without an injury. Um, for me, all of them are extremely different profiles that fill different roles that basically Reich wants on his offense. And that's what he's shown over the last couple of years with all the different tight ends that he's had. Everyone fills a role. No one really gets that dominant look. And injuries happen pretty much every year. So unless an injury happens, then I would be interested. But until then, I'm avoiding this group entirely. Yep, totally agree. Great way to put that. Uh, let's move to Jacksonville. Tim Tebow, I don't know if you heard, he's no longer there. Uh, that was really fun while it lasted. Uh, oh, Shaq Hennessy. Uh, yeah, that's a name. I mean, come on. Are, are we doing anything here? Is it just there, guys? I mean, we've, we've touched on a few teams in really rough positions. This one might be just the absolute worst. But anybody of, of note here, even for the super deep leagues or even dynasty? Uh, no, no, no. I had two <laughs> words written on a page for the Jags and it is who cares. So all right, I, there you go. Let's just move on. We'll, we'll wrap up the AFC South. 
with the Tennessee Titans, Anthony Ferkshire, this dude was hot as hell the minute that uh, that they decided, or before, I guess, they decided to acquire Julio Jones. And then since then, he's just been going further and further down ADP. He's right now outside the top 20, pretty much undrafted. It's a Tennessee Titans team that does open up against Arizona and at Seattle. Um, so I like the streaming aspect potentially, especially with Julio dealing with an injury. Um, but outside of that, that's pretty much it. I would only draft him to be a streamer. Does Ferkshire interest you? Do you think this is a guy that could step into, you know, a top 12 ish role? Uh, for me, it's a no, um, just from an athletic profile, he's not even close to what Johnny Smith was. Um, the thing that tantalized to everyone basically was Johnny Smith's athleticism in the role. It's one of the most efficient offenses in the league overall over the last two years. And, there's an intermediate accurate QB, which sounds nice, but there would have to be a massive hike up in the total targets um, just involved in the overall offense, the pass attempts in order for me to in- be interested in anything other than a streamer. So. Agreed. Yeah. For me, he's in that Ebron tier. And the only reason he's even there probably is just because of the injury and then that early season schedule. So yeah, that wraps up the AFC South moving on to the AFC East, the Buffalo bills, Dawson Knox. This is a guy that we've heard about for many years, but hasn't put up a lot of production. And then uh, Jacob Hollister reunited with Josh Allen, let's go. Uh, got some cowboy action there now in Buffalo, but this is an offense that hasn't really produced a fancy tight end in quite some time. Either of those names interest you? Uh, not really. Knox, um, you know, from the tight end position in general in Buffalo, the target opportunity is there, um, but Dawson Knox's hands are terrible. It doesn't look like he's improved it much in the preseason action that we've seen him in. And Jacob Hollister is just as equally athletic has Dawson Knox. Um, he's better at route running and his hands have been pretty impeccable. His issue has been injuries, basically. Um, it's hard for me to basically accept a breakout from either of the players, but I actually like it better if for some reason Knox were to not be able to play games and Hollister was in there, at least for the overall offense. Yep. There's a situation where just maybe two guys, one, if there's just one, maybe more interesting. So just have to monitor that for a potential injury, but not really on your uh, redraft radars. All right, this is the one I definitely want to talk about. Mike Kosicki, tight end 13 right now in ADP, going in the tenth, early tenth round. Uh, this is a guy that is in a contract year. You've talked about you've talked about on your shows about uh, rookie Hunter Long coming into town, but for right now, Gasicki still seems to be the guy. But is this a guy that you're considering to put on your redraft rosters? Yeah, for me, the the issue is price with him going as tight end 13. I'm not any more confident in him than I am with either of the two other guys left in this division from the same team, the Pats tight ends. Um, And that concerns me when I'm paying up for the 13th overall tight end. Um, I like his opportunity in the offense in general. Um, He was the main target going down the stretch before his shoulder injury at the end of last season when it came to Tua Um, outside of the outside targets that are there taking away all the inside pressure away from the offensive targets. I think that the tight end position could be very favorable. Um, It's crowded offense, but I actually kind of like his opportunity for this year a little bit. Yeah. The price is a little bit hard to swallow, but we saw him come out at the end of last season for sure. Um, I just, yeah, I think uh, as we move into England here, I'd like to see Gasicki maybe round 11 or 12, because when you look at the past tight ends being taken in the middle of round 13, tight ends 15, 16 off the board, these are two guys that disappointed us in free agency by going to get their money from the same exact team. I would have loved if these two were on separate teams. We've seen them put up some solid fantasy production. Uh, for me, my favorite is John Smith of the group. I just like the fact that he's just crazy athletic. They paid him more money. Usually that talks as well. So I'll, while I mm-hmm. like Hunter Henry, and I think these two these two guys could be the top two receiving options 
on this team. If I had to pick one, it's Jonu Smith. For me, he comes in at tight end 13. Henry is just around 15th in my ranking. So where does this uh, tight end room break out for you, Dallas? Yeah, I'm the exact same. I have them 14-15 for this year. Um, Back-to-back, I as well am ahead on Jonu, uh, just from the athletic standpoint. Uh, Both of them, their entire career have been – basically built on their pedestals based off of touchdown production. And that's honestly what's going to have to save either one of them or potentially both of them in this offense this year. Um, If there's an injury, I like it because you could potentially have a Greg Olson with Cam Newton again here in the Patriots offense. But um, it's looking more like uh, Mark Andrews rookie year when him and Hayden Hurst both came in and just split any production that was there. Oh, geez, that was not fun. <laughs> and that's yeah. could be what we're looking at here. Uh, John New Smith did return to practice today. Hunter Henry has been dealing with an injury, um, but it sounds like he should be ready to go for week one. But keep an eye on that. If one of them missed time, man, the other one probably skyrockets. They're probably top 10, really, um, even with Cam under center. But with both of them there, they're flyers. I did acquire John New at the end of the 12th round in a redraft league, which people were going crazy, taking backups early. Um, I was fine with that upside, but don't be afraid to, you know, pull the trigger on a streamer shortly after that if you need. Uh, went a little long there because the next team's the Jets. And I mean, if I have to say the name Chris Herndon one more time on this podcast, I might just end the damn show. Uh, the guy has just been a mirage for years. They brought in Tyler Croft. Uh, yeah, I keep seeing these highlights where Zach Wilson's hitting these tight ends just random tight ends and very rarely has it Chris Herndon even. <laughs> so I'm just completely out. And so is ADP. Is there any hope for this tight end room? Uh, no, I compare it to exactly what I said about Houston over the last couple of years. It's just a bunch of guys. No one can really break out of it. Um, Tyler Croft has been a journeyman. Ryan Griffin has been a journeyman. Um, both of them have been getting the primary targets from Zach Wilson with the first team in both practice and the preseason. Um, so Herndon and even that late round uh, flyer on Yaboa are just, they're all four people I'm not touching this year. Yeah. I think that's enough said for the jets. Let's move on. We're going to the West. Uh, no fan. I joked around early in the offseason that the biggest bust at tight end was going to be whoever was taking tight end seven. Well, that man has solidified himself. No fan right now going mid seventh round. He's going two rounds after Hawkinson. So after that third set of th- or second set of three, Fan is kind of settled in there. He's a round ahead of, you know, tight ends eight and nine. Um, I don't, I don't mind it. I, th- I think obviously the upside is, you know, as far as him as a player, the dude is freaking awesome. It's just the quarterback questions. That's the whole, whole situation we've been dealing with all offseason with the wide receivers. So I like fan as tight end seven for sure. I just don't know if I'm taking him in the seventh round, um, but I do think he's kind of like the last guy. If I miss on fan, then I'm just completely punting. What's your thoughts on fan and his price? Yeah, I'm at the exact same point. If I'm not getting Fant, anyone after them, it does not matter because I probably prefer the guy that I actually, in fact, I know for a fact, I prefer the guy that's ranked number 22 above the guy that's ranked number 10 currently. So uh, I totally understand that in ADP. But um, for me, the thing with Fant is Drew Locke loves him, but he can't hit him. And that's the problem. He gets all the targets in the world, but he's not consistent with it. So until I see rapport with Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not overly excited for Fant's production this year. Yeah, agreed. I, I hope he hits because I, I think the dude could be awesome. I think he's right up there with Hawkinson, you know, as far as talent goes and that they were drafted yeah. pretty close. But uh, that the quarterback situation is up in the air. That's that, that one's tough. All right. Uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I mean, tight end one, I guess, is a no brainer. But are you taking him in the first round? Uh, if I'm sitting at 12 mm-hmm. or 11, I don't hate it. 
And it's just the fact I have just two sentences. Kelsey is the tight end one. It's the end of story. And he can realistically see even more targets with the departure of Sammy Watkins in that offense this year, which it should just be absolutely insane to comprehend. So, um, yeah, tight end one for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I wouldn't if, – if it's a full PPR league, I don't even mind if you want to take him ahead of Adams or, or Hill if you want that mm-hmm. positional advantage. Uh, you can come back if you want to go wide receiver in round two. There's going to be plenty of names there. I've seen Ridley and Hopkins and Diggs even sneaking into round two because people are going running back crazy. If you don't like the running backs there after, for me, it's the top five or six if you throw Barkley in, I'm totally fine taking a shot on a pass catcher, and and I like the positional advantage that Kelsey gives you. He was crazy amounts better than even Waller. Um, so I, he's a round one pick for me. Uh, I think his ADP at 12th overall is solid. Uh, David in the chat, by the way, he said that going more than 10 seconds on the Houston Texans is too much. That's hilarious. Thank you, sir. Um, all right. <laughs> He's not wrong. The chargers, they brought in the veteran, the chef himself, Jared cook. He'll be cooking in LA. Now he's going 20th overall at the position, pretty much borderline undrafted. Uh, and then Donald Parham jr. Man, this guy is a Twitter darling and I still don't know whether the people are actually kidding or not. Um, but, uh, Obviously, Hunter Henry's no longer there. This is a team that ran a lot of plays, Herbert threw a lot of passes. Do either of these tight ends interest you, or are they more just keeping an eye on him? Yeah, uh, I I like Cook. I mean, at his price, he's basically free. It's a massive discount on a guy who's just very, very under the radar, been a tight end one perennially over the last half a decade. Um, he's just a guy that always produces. He's been a journeyman bouncing around between the Raiders, the Saints, like pretty much everyone, the Packers. Um, and he just is always sitting there as a tight end one. So I actually like him quite a bit. I have never been on Parham and McKitty's basically what Parham is. It's an extremely athletic tight end group. Uh, but I think the veteran consistency that you're going to get from Cook is going to make him a pretty fond target of Herbert who likes to sling the ball. Yeah. And like you said, like you said, free. I mean, and if you don't want to mess around with some of these duos, He's a guy that should be getting the targets as far as the tight ends in that room. So exactly. I dig it. The price tag is awesome. Why not start your team off with that? Uh, they, at Washington, Dallas, at Kansas City. So those are some games. The Washington one's tough. It's great defense. But <laughs> Dallas week two. I mean, come on. If anything else, just buy them for that. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, where I got all distracted. Now we're going to Vegas. Darren Waller. Tight end two off the board right now, actually, in ADP. Going uh, as the first pick of the third round. Uh, obviously he's a, he's not uh tight end one because you just said it to Travis Kelsey far and away. I'm with you there, but how close is he? Like, is he in that same tier or is he pretty, you know, is he a step down? Yeah, for me, he, he's realistically the only tight end with the ability to surpass Kelsey as tight end one. Uh, for me, uh, just opinion based, based off the situation specifically in 2021, um, not as high on Kittle as most. And I'll talk about that later when we get to him. But, um, for me, I, think it is going to be capped and he is stuck at two just based off of the projected improvement of Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, and the addition of John Brown. Um, he's just realistically not going to see the same target share that he saw last year um, with an improved offense. So. Yeah, I, I think that he, I agree. I don't have him in the same tier, but I kind of have him almost in a tier by himself, even though he's going two picks yeah. ahead of Kelsey and ADP. I think Waller is the tight end too. Uh, and if I'm aiming for one in even late second, early third, it's definitely Waller. That's who I'm targeting. Mm-hmm. So I like uh, I like that. We'll see uh, if uh, Derek Carr can keep the tight end streak going. He loves throwing to tight ends. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to NFC. We're going to the Chicago Bears. Dallas is your team. Rookie Cole Komet, tight end, twenty five off the board. He is free. He doesn't even have a round uh, in ADP. Really, he is out there. So I'm just going to give you the floor. Tell us why we should be taking Cole Komet. 
Yeah, um, the Bears are a target-needy team, man, and it's bad. Outside of Robinson and Mooney, there's no one that has consistently put up production. Um, Marquise Goodwin is looking like the number three option, and that just seems like they're just going to be chucking it downfield. Um, also, under the radar, or move that no one ever talks about is the way that the offense has basically brought in the playmakers predicated on speed, which has never been Andy Dalton's strong suit, but has always been Justin Fields' long suit is the deep ball. So anyone thinking he's not going to get in this season, he definitely is. Um Honestly, if he can take over the touchdown end zone role, which he was doing towards the end of the season at like an 85% snap share overall on the team, I think it's a player that is going to be a huge breakout guy this year. And at the tight end position, he is who I'm targeting. I love it. If you completely just, if everyone starts doubling up and you're just sitting there with left, I mean, he will be free. Um, yeah, no he's going to right tight end, what, 22 right now? And <laughs> yeah. I realistically see him as a tight end one this year, so... No, that's that's all. And Jimmy Graham, uh, I think overall, as far as total points, was technically inside the top twelve. So I mean, yeah. which is freaking insane. But just let's not forget <laughs> that. I think Komet has the opportunity. I like it. Um, be- I well, I started the timer, but before we get to Hawkins, would you be okay if Komet was just your only tight end to start the season? Uh, honestly, yeah, because yeah. if I'm not going to have the top six to seven guys like we talked about, I don't really care who the starter is because I'm going to be yeah. playing the streaming game. Um, we do have a horrible schedule. Um, so for Komet, I would hold on to him through week four. Um, you'll then see him against two great defenses and two bad defenses. If you're not impressed at any point over that stretch, I would drop him and just pick up another streamer. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll go to Detroit. TJ Hogginson. He's tight end six off the board going a few, just a few picks behind Mark Andrews, middle around five. Um, I, I have Hawkinson as tight end four. I know Pitts is a freak, but for redraft, I just feel really a lot more comfortable with a guy that's been around. Um, he's in an offense that's going to, have to throw the ball a ton, and he is by far the most talented pass catcher on that team. So I have him as my tight end four, and I'm I'm p- totally fine with him in round five. I mentioned earlier, like, you know, it's Fant or Bust kind of after that. But for me, it's like if I'm not getting Kelsey or Waller, if I get Hawkinson in round five, if I like my first four picks, I'm good with it. Um, what's your thoughts on Hawkinson for the season? Yeah, uh, we're pretty uh, lockstep right now with the podcast. So sorry, guys, not going to hear a lot of fighting. Um, for me, the first note I have is it's really hard to fight any argument against the situation that he's going into. Um, if Tyler Higby was able to explode with Goff, Goff is the only reason you wouldn't be taking Hawkinson as the tight end four behind the top three. Um, and realistically, you can't just argue that the quarterback's bad, so I don't like him because we've seen production from Goff in a different offense. And realistically, he's going to be the short target that he's going to like the most. Let's see it, man. Come on, Hawk. Get your way into that top three. Let's make it a big four. Um, Robert Tanyan. This guy was a, a touchdown machine last year, burst onto the scene. People loved this guy because you picked him up for free, but this year you got to pay up just a bit. Tight end 10 off the board going early round nine. Uh, I think we kind of know who he is. You know, he's a he's in an offense that, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if the touchdowns remain the same, he's going to be set because he's a touchdown monster. But I, if the touchdowns go down, which I think they will, then I'd be a little bit concerned. So for me, the price tag is just a little bit too high, kind of similar to Gasicki I talked about on the QB show. I think Rodgers takes a step back as far as his touchdowns go. What's your thoughts there, Dallas, on, uh, on Tanyan? Yeah, um, for me, he had the most prolific touchdown percentage based off of catches out of any tight end in NFL history last year. He literally caught a tight end once every four and a half receptions. Um, It's efficiency that is not realistic for anyone. I don't care what tight end you are, and it's been proven year in, year out. Um, He's the biggest boom bust tight end at his current price of tight end 10. I don't want him, um, and I'm much more comfortable with my guy commit than Tanya. And no, that's not just Packers hating for anyone out there. (laughs) 
Yeah, that price tag is going to be is really, really, really tough. I mean, and just Cliff Notes version of the Rodgers from the story from uh, the quarterback show. Rodgers put up 48 touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. I And his past attempts were not that much different than the previous two seasons, which he was right around 25. I think he'll dip down to closer to 30, and they got to come from somewhere. And I, I think Tanya's going to be kind of the unrecipient of those. <laughs> so uh, no thanks on Tanya in round nine. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up the NFC North with Irv Smith Jr. Finally, Kyle Rudolph has exited Minnesota. And Irv Smith, surprisingly, his ADP, while went up a slight, just a bit, he's going as tight end 14, uh, end of the 11th round. I like that price tag. Take the shot on the guy that we saw some nice touchdown numbers from him last year, but haven't seen the volume yet. Where do you stand on Irv Smith? I have him a little bit lower. I have him at 18. Um, he's behind the New England tight ends just based off of upside Um just realistically based off of the receiver room. Um, we saw an extremely different offense in Minnesota last year than what we've seen underneath Zimmer over the last half a decade. Basically um, I see the defense basically increasing the running production that you're getting from that team. And it's not like they were already outpassing everyone in the world last year with Kirk cousins. Um, so the efficiency would have to basically skyrocket and the targets would have to up quite a bit in order for me to really be interested in him. But he's in that same kind of streaming tier behind those new England tight ends for me, where I don't really care who you pick. Cool. It's your guy. Stick with it. Kudos to you. If you hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the concern. Low volume passing offense in the past. Um, but, uh, well, hopefully we'll get to see at least something, even if it's not uber fancy production. This is a guy we've been waiting on for a very long time. A guy that we won't have to wait on for any time period is Kyle Pitts. He's getting thrown right into it. He was a top five pick for the Atlanta Falcons. He's going fourth overall at the tight end position. End of round four. Uh, Hayden Hurst is still in town, but obviously we know that Pitts was taken there for a reason. And there's just rave reviews of him already right out of the gate. So this is another Rook. Dallas, I'll kick it to you. What's the instant impact in 2021 that Kyle Pitts can bring? Yeah. Um, so realistically he could, and probably will be the second or third most targeted tight end in the cl- like the entire landscape basically this year. Um, I can completely see a way that that happens with Calvin Ridley basically taking over Julio's targets and someone just begging to take over basically the wide receiver, two targets in that offense. Um, I don't think the offense is going to be very fluid, which is my only concern for it. Um, the price and seasonal is scary to me. Um, he shouldn't be going ahead of the guys that have shown it. Um, but I would not be surprised at all with an Evan Ingram-esque rookie season, which um, will probably be a disappointment if you draft him based off his ADP right now. But uh, you should be very happy with just a extremely, extremely good tight end and a sure bet at the position. So, Yep, I'm with you there. I think he it, at uh, tight end four at end of the fourth round, he has to blow the F up <laughs> for him yep. to even return that. Um, and I don't want to bank on that. So unfortunately I won't own any Kyle Pitts this year, but uh, looking forward to his long-term prospects and maybe he'll find some of my rosters in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Carolina, Dan Arnold, just the plain, most generic white toast name in all of the world. Uh, he is going outside the top 30. Uh, saw some early uh, reports from him, like way early in the preseason, but I haven't heard anything in a long time. I picked him up as a speculative, like tight end two in a deep league that you have to start two and, I mean, I already cut him. So for redraft, I mean, there's nobody here, right? Yeah. Um, for me, not really. I'm not banking <laughs> on anything. Um, you can you can say he might have that basically touchdown role 
um, in that offense. There's a lot of for Terrace Marshall in the offense, specifically to fill the role that they were lacking severely. Um, DJ Moore has never been a touchdown machine. Um, Robbie Anderson hasn't either. So it's just a guy in Dan Arnold where I'm kind of excited to see what he can do with Sam Darnold, who has targeted the tight end heavily. Um, but for me in Carolina, there's not a real optimism that I'm looking at. So if you're in a 14 team league and again, people start doubling up that, that Carolina Panthers schedule to start the year should be pretty solid. They got the jets week one, which is hilarious. Then new Orleans has a good u- defensive unit. But then after that at Houston, at Dallas Philly, um, that's why I like Sam Darnold as a deep streamer. Uh, Darn uh, Dan Arnold could be the same. Well, that was difficult to Oop. say. That was a very, very ugly report that we just got about our next conversation point. Oh, I didn't see it yet, so why don't you go for it? Yeah, so segueing into the next team, guys, uh, live news break for anyone listening live. Um, Adam Troutman has left the field on a cart in tonight's game. Um, Not something you are wanting to see um, from a guy with a lot of upside and a potential huge target share in this offense. Um, Do you like Troutman for this year in redraft if he's not hurt? Oh, man, I, I liked the price tag where he was going like 15th round, borderline undrafted. He was getting like super hyped. I was afraid you're gonna have to take this guy like in that Irv Smith range, like 11, 12, and then it just never really materialized. So, but obviously, a lot depends on his status. If Jameis was the quarterback, I would definitely take the shot. So you need if Jameis is the QB and if he's not hurt. So monitor that situation. Uh, if those two things come to fruition, then I'm okay starting him as a streamer to start the year because I get him for free. But Unfortunately, he's missed out on a lot of snaps, too, even before this injury. So, uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, this might not be the year for him out of the gate like we were hoping. Um, And coming in clutch with that update, I didn't even see that yet. It literally popped up after you said it. You beat Sleeper to the punch on my phone. It's pretty (laughs) awesome. Uh, Defending champs, Tampa Bay Bucks, old Gronk, 10th round, early 10th, tight end 12 off the board. Uh, I've heard some O.J. Howard hype, too, which is interesting. I mean, there are so many mouths to feed there. I don't know how they can add anybody else to the mix, but uh, does Tampa Bay interest you? Uh, they start the w- week one with Dallas, so there you go. But uh, any of these uh, t- Bucks tight ends on your rosters this year? Uh, not when they're all healthy. It's another one of those weird amalgamation rooms I don't really like. Um, I realistically could see an upside in Gronk's blocking, but he's still going to be used in the red zone. So unless he's hurt, there's no one that I'm really banking on. If that injury does come to fruition, I like Howard quite a bit, actually. Um, he's the guy that could probably come out of nowhere the most this year based off of his target and rapport with uh, Brady before his injury last year. Um, granted, he is coming off an Achilles, so that athleticism is something that we want to watch because that's what he predicates his game on. Um, but if he's healthy and he comes out of nowhere and beats Gronk, I won't be that shocked. I don't want any of them in redraft though. Yeah. That the price tag of like a lot of these guys after fan, like you've talked about the price tag is just not intriguing to me at all uh, with, yep. with, uh, with Gronk. You might as well just wait three plus rounds later and just grab one of the new England tight ends. I mean, you're dealing <laughs> with the same thing here. So um, exactly. crowded room, crowded, crowded. All right. NFC East. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys. Blake Jarwin got paid last year, played one game, done. Uh, he's returning from injury. Dalton Sh- Schultz showed up, though. He was top 10 in the league as t- far as tight end targets. Performed really well for a guy that they were pretty much just trying to stash and keep away from teams, and now he was the you know the, the tight end one for the Cowboys last year. But I'm just afraid it's going to be a little bit split. There should be plenty of targets to go around this offense, but I'm just not sure where they're going. I think Jarwin's more talented, but he's come back from the injury. They're both pretty much undrafted. Do either of these guys interest you, and who's your favorite? Uh, 
Honestly, I don't really like either one of them. Um, I actually like Schultz. Um, he was extremely consistent when he filled in last year. I've never actually been on any of the Jarwin hype trains, one of like the, I don't know, six or seven that have happened over the last couple of years as he has yeah. proceeded to not break out every year. Um, but for me, I don't really want either one of them. I'm avoiding them just based off of, although there will be targets, you can assume there's going to be an increased target for the other skill positions, specifically with a healthy Amari, um, Gallup, and CD Lamb. So I don't want either, but I like Schultz long-term. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't want him for redraft this year, and then you're going to see 100 targets to the running backs on top of that. I mean, it just yeah. – so it's and – and the tight ends being split, no dice. Might just be one of those situations where you wait for an injury, but obviously don't like banking on any of that. Uh, moving on to the Giants, Evan Ingram. He's coming in at tight end 18, beginning of the 14th round. That's really late uh, for a guy that, while his end of the season numbers weren't spectacular, it's because he only had one freaking touchdown. Um, but he's still in the Giants, and Daniel Jones is still there, and Jason Garrett's still clapping. Uh, are you buying into Evan Ingram? Uh, as this could be his final year with the Giants. Are you buying into him for 2021? Dude, at his price, yes. <laughs> like, yes, 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 over and over. I, like, can't, like, stress this enough. He's averaged 90 targets a year over his career, which is absurd for a tight end in general that is not Travis Kelsey and or George Kittle when healthy. Um, I guess Darren Waller, too. But um, he's missed 14 games in that same span, and he's still averaged 90 games across his career. Um, in his two healthy seasons, he saw over 110 in both seasons. Um, health and touchdown are basically – all that you need in order for him to basically crawl into that top three. Um, and he's going to see the targets. He's still the second best target on the team right now in my eyes. Um, I'm not a Kadarius Tony guy. So for me, I'm buying him at a late <laughs> tight end two price all day, every day. Totally agree. I was bashing him with Jake. He was on the Evan Ingram train. I wasn't, but that was, and then I looked at his ADP. I'm like, holy crap, I'm an Evan Ingram guy. 109 yeah, targets exactly. last year. <laughs> yeah. 109 targets last year. Ranked fourth, just one less than Logan Thomas, and the dude is just being completely mm-hmm. forgotten. If he had if he had four touchdowns last year, he'd be being he'd be drafted in the first 12 rounds. But because he yes. had one and people would forget and his points sucked. I mean, come on, let's go. And Galladay's injured. These guys can't find the field. Let's go. I, I'm totally in on Ingram, which makes me sick, but whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Crowded tight end room number 76. Uh, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard, tight end eight and ADP, mid round eight. Zach Ertz, who wasn't even the t- uh, top two tight end on his own team last year. Uh, he's going 17th overall at tight end, uh, end of the 13th round. These guys have been splitting a lot of the snaps in the preseason games. Do you trust Goddard? I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to when you're talking mid eight. Uh, absolutely not. Um, he's in the same realm as Jarwin for me. Um, production that we're all hoping has been nothing but projection over the first couple of years. He's never capped 500 yards receiving in a season, and he's still in the split tight end room that we all swore was not going to be split going into the offseason. Um, I'm not really that high on Goddard. I actually sold him about 18 months ago in all the leagues that I had just because I wasn't really that impressed with um, everything I was seeing, and I'm happy about it. Uh, for me... Ertz at tight end 18, like you're saying, due to target void in Philly might not be a bad flyer late as a tight end two if you are going to take two with huge upside with Hertz. So I'm with you there, and I'm glad you didn't hold back, even though you guys share a name. You gave it to him, and uh, I'm right there with you. If we're going to agree once again, no way in hell. Give, even three rounds later, I don't want him. Like, uh, no thank <laughs> you. We'll uh, we'll move on. Um, 
uh, Tanya burst onto the scene. It was sort of this guy last year, Logan Thomas. Yeah. You know, older, older guy, but he got a contract extension even from the Washington football team. He's going as the ninth tight end off the board, mid eighth round. So, uh, right. He's going right after Goddard, literally like a pick later. Um, this is a guy that has a new quarterback this season, but, uh, was third in the league in targets last year. Again, 110, um, just one more than Evan Ingram, but, uh, had a great season last year. You got to pay for him a bit this season. I mean, we've kind of talked about this group a bit, but just, is where does Thomas land for you? Um, for me, Thomas kind of came out of nowhere in the same um, vein that we saw Gary Barnage do it when he broke out with the Browns. It, yeah, yeah, throwback uh, 2012, if anyone wants to come at me at that one. Um, but it was due to the dearth of weapons that was on the team last year. That's the reason for the huge target uptick in his entire career last year um don't get me wrong he's talented he's an athletic freak that's why he didn't make it at quarterback and he was able to make it at tight end um but with fitzpatrick at the helm i don't see anything but consistent deep shots that i can bank on um i don't think the offense is going to be extremely efficient and i don't see the same high tight end four that we saw last year so yep agree this team <laughs> this is a this is a team that brought in more weapons for ryan fitzpatrick than they ever did for uh, Dwayne Haskins. So I don't, that tells you about the organization, but uh, yeah, price tag is too high for me. I'm with you there. Uh, I'd like him better than Goddard. I guess if you're staring at that decision and you want to make one, I would take Logan Thomas there. But uh, other than that, you can wait. Uh, Arizona drop some Cardinals tight end knowledge on me. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, max with a double X Williams. Um, he's the only true guy with basically any type of re- regular season snaps and receptions that are currently on the team. Um, he's a great athlete and we'll get to him, but he has over the last couple of years been the second greatest leading league blocker at the tight end position that he was usurped by Adam Troutman last year at. Um, but there's no reasonable target share that you're going to get with these short targets with the bringing in of a guy like Rondell Moore, as well as the securing of the backfield of pass catchers in James Con- um, Connor, who's extremely consistent out of the backfield for routes as well as Chase Edmonds. So um, it's a forgettable position on a team that's not really great at the tight end position ever there you go everything you needed to know about the arizona cardinals tight end position in 90 seconds appreciate you man yep. all right <laughs> let's move to the to back to la we're going to the rams this time tyler higby he's going as tight end 11 off the board end of round nine uh gerald everett's not in town anymore so now we're looking at hopefully a solo act you got matthew stafford under center um just for reference here too he's going as tight end 11 but he's going almost a round and a half later than than dallas Goddard and logan thomas um, do, is this price tag, is, is this start to be intriguing for you? He's even going a couple of spots ahead of Gronk. So what's your thoughts on Higby for 2021? Yeah. I mean, at 11, I'm okay with it. Um, he's in that realm in between, like we said, like about eight to 15 for me. Um, so I'm okay with you taking him anywhere in there. Uh, we've seen what he can do when he's healthy and, uh, when Gerald Everett was not on the field. Um, he's extremely physical and has flashed, um, obviously in that stretch of five games that we saw at the end of the season, as well as just consistent touchdown production. Um, it's an increase in quarterback play is what we're assuming with Stafford. And he's always liked the tight end since he has left Calvin Johnson's realm. So I uh, like Higby this year. I'm fine with the price. I'm not hyping him up and I'm not hating on him. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would take him over Goddard and Tanyan uh, who are going ahead of him in ADP, but um, I'm just going to sit back and wait. If he's the guy that's left over, I'll take him. Um, and I'm, I'm good with that. What's usually what helps him and uh, who was the other guy? Mm, don't want to go too far back. So we'll just leave it. But uh, I don't really think there's, I don't know who the third target is in that offense. It's probably him. So uh, this is a team that should throw the ball um, quite a bit this season. So 
All right. Uh, George Kittle. I think we've kind of alluded to him. He's art. He's, I think, I believe he's both of our tight end three. He's tight end three and ADP. He's kind of been penciled in as the tight end two, you know, by default, but I think Waller's jumped him. I Waller's going just a couple picks ahead of him in ADP early round three. Uh, what's your thoughts on Kittle as we're looking at more weapons, quarterback change? What, what's your thoughts on his value in 2021? Yeah, um, he's elite when he's healthy, but he's super injury prone. Um, he has an extremely similar career arc to a guy like Evan Ingram, and he's going 15 tight ends before Evan Ingram. <laughs> um, athletic standpoint, like Ingram might be a better athlete than George Kittle. Um, and then when you take into the blocking factor of how he's probably the best blocker we've seen since Gronk um, without much of an argument. I mean, PFF would say Adam Troutman, but it's all right. Um, with Lance coming in, you're going to want as much blocking as you could possibly get. We increase the targets that were already brought into the offense with the outside position. So um, he's got to stay healthy and maintain his target share that he saw with Garoppolo when Lance comes in in order for me to even draft him anywhere at tight end three. Yeah, it, for me, the only reason the reason that the reason for it to draft Kittle is he's the last guy. I think for me, most of the time, it's kind of those one of those top three or just forget it. Um, so I'm okay with him in round three if you need, but you really have to be like you really have to make an effort. Like, okay, I I don't want to be out to lunch on tight end, so I'm fine with him there. But I just think he is pretty much pretty clearly the third guy. I don't think he's uh, you know he's not going to see the targets that Waller will um, or obviously or Kittle. So mm-hmm. we're. Put a bow on this thing. Last but not least, Memphis favorite. Uh, we're heading to Seattle. Jared Everett has finally freed himself from the Rams. The former second round pick is going pretty much undrafted, tight end 21. Um, and this is a guy in offense that's used tight. There's been tight ends at times, but it seems to be a roulette wheel of different guys uh, over the years. Uh, so hopefully they can remain consistent. But is Everett somebody that interests you as, as a late round flyer? Um, he is. Uh, he's a physical freak. He's arguably up there with the greats when it comes to his physical metrics and what he's able to do with the, as uh, when he has the ball in his hands. But for me, um, he's fast the opportunity, but he can't stay healthy. Similar to a lot of guys that we've talked about over the last two divisions specifically. Um, and he's going to be the third option on the team. Um, we have no idea what the offense is really going to look like. Um, they want to get back more to the run, even though Russ really didn't, cook all season so uh for me banking on a guy who's going to be the third option in the average passing attack is not something i typically want to do and specifically when that's a tight end i'm even less inclined so um, i don't think he eclipses that mid to late tight end too yeah agreed i want to you don't have to take him you can just wait see if the passing attempts are up take a stab at him why not um but if they're back to what they were in the second half it's not gonna be worth your time so um, I, I hope so, man. I love this kid. I think I'd, I'd love to see him put it all together and to get the looks, but it's been a long road um, for him already and hasn't provided much. So, all right, uh, there you go. 32 and 32. That puts a bow on the entire positional previews here on the SmackDown Dallas. You killed it, man. I appreciate you. So thanks for jumping in. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up this show with a few categories like we have been on the last few shows before we dive into that. Just another reminder, live stream this upcoming Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. So August 25th, Memphis is going to be hosting the show. uh, And we'll have one more of those on the first as well to get you set for the season. Uh, But drop by. If you if you check into the YouTube, you can drop your questions there. It'll get right on the show. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So 
go go give Memphis some crap. He, he's hosting. He has to put up with you guys this week. Um, all right. Uh, we got four questions here. The first one being, and, and some of the stuff we covered, but gives us a little bit more chance to go a little bit more in depth. There might be some overlap, but that's all good. So first question here, a tight end that is currently inside the top 12 of Fantasy Pros ADP that you are avoiding. I'll, I'll uh, defer to you, man. Uh, yeah, for me, it's Goddard at the price. Um, tight end eight is too rich for a guy who, although has consistently been a tight end one, um, has been on the same par as a guy like Jared Cook, who's going nearly 12 tight ends after him. Um, so for me, I'm avoiding Goddard at all costs, especially with Ertz there. I just can't get on board. Yeah, that was that was my pick as well. Uh, I think it's pretty <laughs> clearly Goddard, like I said about fan. Like I seventh round, I usually not taking tight ends early but i'm okay with him there if you want because i think he's literally the point of no return i literally have a tier that says point of no return and just has him by himself in my ranks uh that i use this weekend i don't want any of these guys that are going anywhere from that eight to ten range especially uh if i got to give a bonus one for me it'd be tanyan uh, he's going early round nine he's a touchdown dependent the most the touch touchdown dependent tight end and i'm just not banking on 45 plus touchdown pace from aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um again so and you know randall cobb's got to get at least a dozen of those so there you go um so there's some guys that were not taken there inside the top 12 but and we've talked about waiting and some guys we want to target late so let's highlight these guys now let's flip the script tight end outside the top 12 so outside the top 12 and adp that you're targeting dallas who are you looking at yeah um i feel like we're gonna have the same person again um so i'll just go ahead and say uh, it's evan ingram uh, based off the price based off of where you can get him i just don't see how you can't take him as a back-end tight end two when we've seen top five tight end from him um price is deflated enough i'm fine with it you can trade for him basically for nothing which is crazy to think about in most drafts specifically in one quarterback non-premium tight end ones um so for me it's evan ingram as a target to easily you know if healthy finish in the top 12 yeah uh i i definitely love ingram the price tag is awesome we talked about how much how much he's been look gets as far as production wise and opportunity uh and it's funny to make fun of his drops and everything but like you know when he was going top 10 yeah, that's, you know, it's, he's not going to give you the production or the, the upside potentially, but, you know, he, he was capable of, of returning that value. Now he's going outside the top 15. That's ridiculous. So my tight end that I actually had was Irv Smith. I just, I like banking on the upside. We'll just, let's see. I think he's the third target. That was the guy I was thinking about. He's clearly the third best option in this offense. Um, I don't really think there's anything behind him as far as the wide receivers behind Jefferson and Thielen. Um, so I, I like what I saw out of him in spurts. Uh, he's not a great blocker, so he's not on the field as much as you would like to see, but maybe he makes that step. Uh, but there are some things that could go against him. So I totally get why he's not inside the top 12, but I'm okay taking him if he's sitting there around 12, 13, which he's about at in ADP. Um, I've also even paired him with Ingram in a few leagues because I think Smith isn't really a, vol- a huge volume guy. It hasn't been. So hopefully that does turn around, but if it doesn't, Evan Ingram is has been that guy. So I've actually had a few leagues where I've even paired them together. Um, and uh, that I'll just start my season with that. Um, the other reason I love Irv Smith and taking him there is his early season schedule is freaking awesome. Uh, at Cincinnati, at Arizona, then Seattle, Cleveland, tough defense, but then Detroit and Carolina. You're going to know pretty damn quick if you can use Irv Smith <laughs> because that, that stretch is awesome. So uh, some pretty uh, – Four defenses there. So I, I like Irv Smith as far as outside the top 12, somebody I'm targeting right now going at the end of round 11. So you might be willing to sneak him a little bit later. 
All right. Uh, I, I mentioned Irv Smith, but let's just dive into the streamers because Irv Smith has a great start to the season. Who are some of your favorite streaming tight ends to start 2021 out with? Um, for me, it's definitely it's definitely going to be Cook. Um, I know we kind of disagree on him, but uh, he's got a decent schedule to start off the season, at least when it comes to the linebacker coverage that he's going to see. Um, I think Honestly, Herbert's going to lean on him quite a bit more than his ADP is saying so. And like we said, it's pretty much free. So you can stream him with a uh, little risk, I think. Yeah, I, I do like it. Uh, as far as just to start off with a streamer, he is free. So he's definitely falls into that category for yeah. sure. Another couple guys that are going for free that I think could get off to good starts um, is, and I mentioned him in, in there, but Hooper uh, at Kansas City and Houston the first two weeks. Um, I think long term, it is a situation you probably want to avoid. But they're going to have to keep up with Kansas City, and I'll take I'll, you know. So week one, that's going to be they're going to have to throw the ball whether they want to or not. And then you know week two against Houston, that's just the worst defense. So I'll I'll take almost any tight end every week against the Texans uh, and hope they get one of those five first half touchdowns. Um, and then the other guy that's just again never never caught up as far as some of the hype that we thought he might get is Ferkshire. Uh He's going Arizona Seattle first two weeks. If Julio Jones isn't hundred percent, which he hasn't been practicing. AJ Brown's been nicked up, but he should be good to go. But if, if Jones is in there, Ferkshire might see some more looks than he might get later on. Um, he has Indy week uh, three, but then the jets week four. So uh, you could ride him for, you know, the first month of the season. Uh, but again, these guys are just going undrafted. So when you're looking at the tight end position late in your drafts, like there's no point to take a guy that as soon as the draft's over and you're looking at your lineup, and he's like, oh, well, shit, his week one matchup sucks. Guess what you're doing? You're going to get one of these other guys. So like if you're waiting that long, you really, really, really need to be considering the schedule. Uh, if you're taking a guy in the first seven rounds, it shouldn't matter who they play. But if you're taking a guy, you know, in double-digit rounds, like I feel like you should be confident starting the season because there's going to be guys that, you know, like hopefully Everett or Kmet, uh, that kind of step up, take that jump, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe I pivot to those guys. Um, you know, especially with Komet's early season schedule, I've been kind of letting him ride the wire. But it, if I'm streaming in any leagues, like I'm definitely like, okay, give me Hooper to start. But I, I definitely have Komet on my radar for sure. So, uh, all right, uh, last one here, uh, a deep league guy. So just a guy that's if if anybody here is in some some deeper deeper leagues, maybe some tight end premium leagues, uh, who who's a guy? Yeah, it's Brevin Jordan for me. Um, it's a rookie when it comes to a guy that people are not going to be relying on this year. They're not very confident based off the draft hype. Um, they've seen Aikens do pretty well in the preseason. Um, he's a guy you can trade for for pretty much nothing. Um, anyone who drafted him this year specifically got him even in tight end premiums in most likely the fourth round and everything that I was drafting in. Um, so it's just a player that you can get super le- um, deep. Um in between the streamer and the deep league guys for me, Cole Komet, he's going as the first tight end three that would have been drafted. There's every roster in your league could have two <laughs> tight ends before Komet's going off the board. And that's just disrespectful in my opinion, but um, yeah, that's basically all I got on the tight ends. How about you? No, I, I dig it. My, my guy uh, and this guy will be free everywhere. Cause everyone's just assuming I don't mind taking a shot in a deep league, just to stash Hayden Hurst. Uh, he yep. had, um, was it 88 targets last year? So he's inside the top 10, same amount of targets as Mark Andrews. If Pitts is, is going to be a wide receiver and he takes all, you know, let's say he takes the Ridley targets and Ridley steps into the, those Julio targets. Like, you know, Russell Gage, we talked about him in the wide receiver show. He's a guy that I like as well, as far as like a deep sleeper. But if they roll a lot of two tight end sets, um, that could put Hurst on the field quite a bit in an offense that's going to be throwing a ton. So again, he's not really on my radar in one 
one tight end leagues or non tight end premium leagues. But if I'm on a deeper roster or a tight end premium, like I don't mind just taking a shot, seeing how that offense is going to look with a new coordinator there. And, you know, if he's getting 80 plus targets still, then he's still valuable in those formats. So uh, he's been left for dead, but uh, I think he's a guy that, that could see the field quite a bit. Um, so there you go. Uh, any parting thoughts, man, as we, as we wrap this one up on this Monday night? Um, not really in the tight end position. Like I said, it's pretty much how it is every year. Um, there's about 15 guys that could rank out anywhere in those 15 positions. And I wouldn't be that shocked. Um, two parting notes just associated with tonight's game of Jacksonville and New Orleans based off the updates that I'm getting. Um, Marquez Callaway is no longer attainable. Um, if you didn't bank on him <laughs> being the wide receiver one while, uh, Michael Thomas is out, you lost out in the first was that 16 minutes of the game. He put up five targets, five receptions, 104 yards and two touchdowns with Jameis at the helm to start out the game. Jameis. Please uh, God. Yeah, no, no, uh, Taysom has two for three for three yards right now, as opposed to Jameis's 90% completion <laughs> over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So I think that's over with as well. Um, and a guy I talked on the rundown specifically two weeks ago, um, Tony Jones, Jr. You guys need to ro- be rostering him. If you're not already, um, go check your leagues literally right now and add him. If you're live, if not, as soon as you hear this, just to check, um, he's averaging like 70 to carry in the off season or preseason games and he has what four touchdowns or three touchdowns so far in that span so uh he's a sure bit to make the roster and potential to replace uh, latavius murray in general this year so that's awesome i love the late nuggets here that's good stuff uh i'm pissed i missed callaway in a league where he slipped to waivers and i lost him on a minimum fab bid because i thought i was smart son of a gun (laughs) but i did pick i did draft him this weekend like the 14th round i'm pretty happy about that just praying for Jameis. let's go baby but uh Dallas, appreciate you, man. Everybody, keep tuning into the Rookie Rundown. It's going to be on this very feed here later on in the week. Thanks for filling in for Jake. He'll be back next week. Uh, again, reminder, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Memphis is going to be running the Q&A show with a few of the war, the DWZ guys. So uh, we'll look forward to that. I will unfortunately not be there, but I'll be back next week as we continue to get you set for the 2021 season. So if you guys stay safe, take it easy. I'll catch you next week. See ya.